Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. We are back together and we are going to work on our consistency. So I apologize that the last couple of weeks have been inconsistent. I take the blame for that. We've had a lot going on. Um, and yeah, we're going, to get, we're going to get better at that. But part of what's been going on is the boys were down in South America racing Ecuador 70.3. Obviously, the big story is Nick getting his world spot finally. After knocking oh. on the door for so many tries, he gets his hometown world spot in St. George. Thanks, buddy. It actually happened. I had to go in, go all in, and uh, I was looking at the bike power file, and I was wondering why my legs blew up so bad, and that first lap kind of cooked me. Yeah. Yeah. But, so kind of, I guess you guys had a strategy going into it. Um, they obviously changed up the bike course, so kind of take us through what the race plan was. I know you guys had a similar one, so you guys can just go. Um pretty basic strategy um smash it until you can't get away as much as you can and survive as long as possible um but we we knew like even this is the first time we've really done that but we looked up kind of the start list and we saw who was ranked where and it was kind of like a given like we had probability in our favor like jack was you know gonna probably 99 win that bastard and that was going to be probably 85 to 90 percent second or third and with two world slots that's really all i cared about um but before all that like logistically getting there was tough jackson was there for a couple of weeks um so he had everything laid out he knew all the locals and was taken care of like the ecuadorian culture was just like incredibly welcoming and made made sure we're good and then flaca we can't forget that like flaca is like freaking ecuadorian princess royalty it's like justin bieber down there every time you go out there's people just like just in their pants like oh oh my god that's Flocka! and they're just like taking pictures and feeling her box of hair and everything just because she's she's awesome but she's also deserving of it she really gives a lot back to her country and she's inspiring inspiration to them so we of course couldn't have done it as easy or without all you know any hiccups without Flocka, right jack yeah i mean we didn't know what to expect going there what the logistics would be like, how to get COVID tests there, everything like that. And she set everything up for us. She had people who come to the hotel to give us the COVID tests, which we needed to get our transitions or our race packets and be allowed to race. And then we needed more of them again, just to go back home. So uh, she set all that up. And then she had like a driver for us who was like a huge fan of hers. And he drove us everywhere in Manta. And she's the one who set me up with the team, the bet endurance team. Uh, to be able to train down in Ecuador before. So it was, it was awesome. Thank you, Flacca. We, you know, appreciate you a lot. Probably not listening, but we appreciate you anyways. <laughs> no, um, she, she said to tell her she would share the episode. So she's at least going to do that. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so the race, I mean, they changed the bike course. They made it extremely challenging. Probably the hardest bike course I've actually finished in a half. Um, just had a ton of elevation. It was like my, my computer said it was 1155 meters of elevation gain. Uh, and like 2000 feet for the American style. Yeah. So more than St. George, more than Mont Tremblant. 
more than pretty much any course. So that was tough, but also there were some technical descents where you kind of had to, you know, do some roundabouts. There was a little bit of cobblestone, some rough, rough sections, but overall really good quality course compared to a lot of the kind of South American stuff um, that we've seen. That all being said, the bike being tougher and Nick and I knowing that we're probably going to be the stronger riders out there, we really decided to, to spike it on the bike and try to get away early and uh, chase down that leader by lap one, which is what we did. And then we were able to kind of get distance between us and the rest of the field before the run. Which kind of was weird. Like they started bringing a little bit time back every, cause it was uh, three loops of 30 K. So we ended up kind of getting little snapshots of where everybody was. And there was a no pass zone where it was a downhill technical with a, I don't know why the, the police moto stayed there with us the whole time. And it was almost like super dangerous, but, um, Cause like they would come up on the age group for traffic and be stuck. And then there would be more motorcycles in front of us doing crap. And then all of a sudden we'd have to go weave in between all that at full speed. So that was the only sketchy part. Oh, and the other sketchy part. So the transition area or the race area, um, there's like hundreds of people on the median on the side of the road everywhere. And they're just like screaming and going nuts. And the cops are leading us through there. So they know where we're coming. I was so scared somebody was going to step in front of us or like a dog or a kid was going to just come out. Like, but obviously, you know, nobody was doing any of that, but I was, there were so many people, they were like overflowing. So I was a little nervous. But nobody crashed except for, unfortunately, Kelsey, Kelsey Withrow, which sucks because she always has something going wrong and it just wasn't her day. Uh, she did go down in the first lap and she was in good position at that time, but Fortunately, she ended up being okay. Black went to the hospital, took care of her, made sure everything was fine, helped her get home. Um, still super tough, like being in another country. She can't speak the language very well. It was like no air conditioning in the hospital. She was in a tough, tough position. Flocka had to like basically finish her race, grab Kelsey's bike, her bike, and take all her stuff. And like we couldn't – she didn't her phone. We couldn't get a hold of her. So we were just kind of like wondering where everything was going to happen. But – it was stressful, and Flaka again just came through. Um, yeah, so then we got on the run. We had about what two minutes on the next guy, probably a minute and a half. A minute and a half. Yeah, and uh, you know we started running where we were giving her. Like I felt good. I knew Nick was feeling good because he was not that far behind me on the first turnaround, um, and we just kind of kept it going. I mean. I had to go as hard as I freaking could the whole way to get those PTO points, which I don't know how many I got. So we'll see. <laughs> it's still a mystery. We're uh, almost seven days out from the race and we still have no idea how much the points were. And that's so annoying. Yeah. I'm just looking now. It looks like Jack got 26. Uh, <laughs> Nick got, uh, yeah, 22. 22 points for a second. No, it so yeah, Jack good. needs to get, in order to get his Collins Cup ranking up higher or secure it, um, what, like 85? Well, yeah, to get me into an auto-qualifying spot, it's like 87 I need to get into – so that would be into fourth place. To get into third place, I need like 88 or something. Um, but even if I just get like 80 or 82 or 84, I will still like pass guys and get up from ninth up to like maybe sixth or fifth or something. Um, so – you know, any improvement would be great, but I don't really know. Cause I felt like those last two races were worth more than 70 something and they weren't. So 
Um, it's just hard to know what they're going to spit out at you. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be, I don't really want to go off on that tangent uh, because I feel like every podcast, every triathlon podcast right now and every pro I talk to is kind of complaining about the exact same thing, but yeah, and we've done it before many a time. <laughs> yeah. It is a quite frustrating situation with the points, but so for people looking to race this race, um, coming from outside of maybe South America, what are they going to expect? Like conditions, accommodations, just everything in general. What should they expect? Um, Pretty long travel for one thing, for sure. From the U.S., I think the only flights will land at like 1 a.m. And that's pretty soon. And then we, what we did, so... Jackson was already there, so he didn't have to do his part. But basically, I flew in, what, Thursday I left Salt Lake City at 2, arrived in Quito at 1 a.m., had to book a room at the airport hotel, which was five minutes away, and the shuttle picks you up that runs every 30 minutes, so no issues. Then the net, the flight to Manta only runs, like, I think, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. So we had to wait till Friday at 6 p.m., to catch a flight to Manta, which was 30 minutes. So it was super fast. So you just kind of like at the airport hotel, but it was kind of inconvenient because like you check in, check in, check out times for hotels are usually like 3 p.m. check in and then noon check out. But we needed to be there until like four or five. So we had to kind of finagle the, I think we just booked two nights. It was kind of expensive, um, but it was a very nice hotel, super cool. And then once we got to Manta, the driver picked us up um which was awesome it was like a real tri-squad truck and then we went to bed built the bikes yeah built the bikes went to bed everything went well but obviously you're not gonna have a driver for you but uber there is like three bucks it's like nothing so there's cabs everywhere. yeah there's cabs so it's pretty easy logistically once you're in manta and the weather humid pretty hot but not too bad it was overcast um, a lot for us yeah it definitely could have been worse and high seventies, low eighties. Yeah. It got hot for the age groupers coming in in the afternoon for sure, but it's, it's not unbearable or crazy like Cozumel or something like that. It, it's, it's pretty manageable. Yeah. I was stoked on that. Especially when the sun went away. For sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a cool race. Manta, the Manta, the city is, you know, the, the fans are amazing. They're cheering like the whole way from the run course um like the whole 5k there's fans the entire way it's crazy um and then you know it's pretty well received the race everyone's stoked about it which is always nice um if you're gonna like tour ecuador i would go to like quito or some of the mountainous areas are amazing yeah guayaquil is on the coast but that's towards there there's some nicer beaches and stuff and then um yeah there's a lot of cool stuff in ecuador so it's worth visiting and the food oh holy cow the food was amazing and very inexpensive yeah the food was awesome i had a whole fish the whole fish was just dipped in a deep fryer and then you just take it out and it was just falling off the bone it was amazing yeah really impressed with the food the pool at the hotel was just like 20 meters so it was like almost perfect for lap swimming yeah that worked out and by the way, if Nick's saying the food was good, that means it was actually good. Like Nick is, Nick is, you can't just give him a McDonald's burger and he's happy. He needs a little bit more quality than that. I need the frills, uh, maybe a Whole Foods uh, picnic basket. Yeah. 
But anyway, we missed you, Garrick. We know that you would have fucking had a good chance to have a good day there. Oh, yeah. Uh, you needed a little bit of rest, so it made sense for sure. You and Leslie, it would have been nice to have the whole team, but it's almost impossible to get six people on the same race, all healthy, all, like, ready to go. It's pretty much... Worlds is the best chance we have, but we're going to miss Garrick and Kelsey. Yeah. There you go again. Yeah, but that's... Uh... Pretty impressive that we got four out of the six heading to Worlds. Three of those four qualified in the pro race. Um, not saying that it's any less uh, um, as an age grouper for Flocka because she's like the pointy end of the age group field. But, um, yeah, that's pretty cool, I would say. And then uh, yeah, Colin's still a chance. Tough. You could yeah. get in, right? There's, there's Boulder. There is know. still a chance, yeah. Um, and Collins Cup, there is – like two two of our we got two athletes in striking distance as well i mean for a, for a startup pro team like that's not not too shabby yeah hopefully one of us gets in there or both that'd be unreal but that'd be so cool oh my god we're on the map so that's the goal and hey our, and we got to mention our our good friend uh sarah crowley took the win in the women's race yeah uh, flacco won her age group despite dealing with some pretty serious quad cramps uh, probably just those hills and she did them all in her big chain ring so uh, <laughs> i think that probably got her a little bit but um and yeah kelsey dnf but she's not seriously injured road rash a little bit sore that's a good thing because you know she's had enough injuries to deal with so yeah uh, garrick speaking of injury what's up with you man what's the latest um yeah i mean right now we're kind of in a holding period so I visited, so um, I guess some background story, I guess if people have been listening to the podcast, they know that I had some pretty serious hip issues um, that we thought was glute related at Texas that forced me to DNF. Um, and so recently, the last time we, we raced, Jack and I raced back to back, uh, I was dealing with some, some pain uh, from Des Moines. So we raced Des Moines and then Williamsburg back to back had some pain post race in Des Moines uh, a little bit didn't affect my race at all. And then uh, Williamsburg again, it kind of settled in time for the race. I, I would not say it affected that race. Uh, that was just, you know, first time doing a back to back race. I'd say that. Um, but then I had some pretty bad pain after that in my hip. So I went to see a um, specialist. Yeah, an orthopedic surgeon, and we got some x-rays done, and I got diagnosed with something that's actually fairly common in, it's a white northern European, or white males of northern European descent, it's about, in that population, it's about 15%, but it's pretty severe, it's called femoral acetabular impingement, basically, what he suspects happened is that I tore my labrum at some point, um, when I was younger, Can you just explain it, real quick what a labrum is. So that's kind of the, it's kind of, it kind of encapsulates the joint there. Um, and it kind of holds that all together. It's, it's a soft tissue. Um, and anyways, so it got torn. It's very common for it to get torn when you're younger, if you play hockey, baseball, um, soccer, and apparently it's ossifying now. So that's when I'm in arrow position, that's the pain that I'm feeling and that that lasts a while so that's probably going to require surgery in the fall he said if not uh it's probably a hip replacement in uh 
about seven to ten years, I'll probably need a hip replacement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because it just destroys the cartilage. Um, Holy cow. Yeah. So hoping I can get that. That's going to be a long recovery. It's probably going to be about a year. Well, who knows? It'll be about – it's like a five-month – from the surgery, you mean, not, and then if you had a hip replacement later, it'd be like, oh, yeah, worse. yeah, it'd be even worse. But, um, the surgery is like four weeks on crutches, so you're out of the pool for about four weeks, and then you're probably looking at three to four months before you can run again, yeah. Um, which honestly, to like, isn't like it was pretty hard to hear start, um, but honestly, like, what's three to four months over the course of like a 10 15 year. Well, and plus, I mean, you've got uh, a good really. career. You've got a lot of good things going on right now outside of triathlon. It's not like if you relying upon it. So that's incredibly, you know, good too. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'll go through the surgery and then build up to, uh, we'll, we'll film something. It'll be like surgery to Ironman. Everybody back, does, yeah. does that kind of stuff. So that's that'll be the goal. Uh, we'll just chip away. And then for now I'll race. Um, it just takes a long recovery from racing now because yeah. you kind of have that like bone on bone, bone on bone grind when you're on the bike that really only seems to be an issue when my hip flexors are tired um, and I'm in the arrow position. Can you get so, stem cell? I haven't even looked into that. I don't, I don't know what, I don't think, cause you gotta grind, like he's gotta go in and just grind the bone away, right? Cause that's probably got a spur on it that's grabbing still. Yeah. There's not so enough space gotta, there, right? No. So here, I'll, I'll just throw this idea your way. What if you were to get like really fucking short cranks, like 155s, 150s, and just try to open up that hip? Like, obviously, it's not going to cure the issue, but in theory, is it that like closed hip angle that it's causing, or is it something else? Um. So basically, it's just going to get worse if like Would we don't close kind your of... hip angle more. Well, like. So because it's, it's progressively like it's, it's getting more, like it's not fully ossified my labrum, yeah, yeah. but it's getting like more and more. So we got, he's got to go and just take it all oh, away. No, 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 for sure. Yeah. yeah. No question. But I mean, like, um, would it cause less pain or maybe a quicker, slightly quicker recovery from a race or something? If you were to get super short cranks so that you're just not grinding it as much on that. Uh, yeah. Level. I think that's like, that's definitely an option. Like I've been playing around with my fit, trying to kind of get around it right now. Um, yeah, and yeah. like, yeah, that, cause when I sit up, like it's nothing, like if I'm climbing or I'm on the trainer, I'm sitting up, like I never feel it. Right. So that is something that could possibly, possibly work right now. It's kind of hard to get your hands on any componentry. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so, um, um I know some guys are going super short on cranks and like some fitters are going like for a guy, my height, they're suggesting like 155. Um, and it's not lowering performance. So like, if you go to 150 and you can get it, then maybe, you know, you just spin those tiny little cranks and your hip stays open and it might help a fair bit. And then after the surgery, hopefully it doesn't like continue to regress. Um, yeah. But 150 cranks with like a 62 chain ring. then your crank is going to be smaller than your chain ring (laughs) i think your hips are just going to get torqued out of out of alignment there but yeah so i mean i don't know i feel like everybody's kind of faced adversity and 
the way I'm looking at it is just kind of take it one step at a time. It was, it was kind of hard to hear because he led with like, yeah, your triathlon career is over. And then he ended with, well, we could do this surgery. That's like 95% successful. Wow. <laughs> why did he, why did, what? Yeah. You're never going to be able to have kids. Wait, he went, yeah. <laughs> he went from like the worst option down to like the best option and like, yeah, worst option was like you do nothing, you get a hip replacement, you're done, your career's over. Middle option was like, you know, you could do some physio and then get a hip replacement in 10 years, or you could do the surgery and it's probably going to be successful. Maybe. That's hilarious. A little, needs to work on his uh, delivery yeah. there a little bit. Well, yeah. I'm sure doctor listening, he's probably like, yeah, that's how we're taught to do it. Tell him all the work <laughs> and gradually make it better. So, so you're a white male of Northern European descent, and that's why this happening to you is that the thing yeah it's fairly common like this is so like i naturally like structurally it's already this is already kind of thing so like it's like mild on my right side yeah um but because of the like increased ossification of that labrum on the left oh it just it's become like yeah severe so uh it's yeah like 15 percent or something for it's interesting yeah because i i would have thought like because I know that there's some other hip issues that are more common for people who are really short, um, like shorter women with a wider, with the wider hips. And then that angle is much bigger. Um, but I didn't realize, yeah, like having, being a taller guy could also have issues, but so you're going to get an, at least one more race in, you're going to get Boulder and you're being, you've been able to kind of recover and get your training going again a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I guess the big thing now, like I was training fine before. So the big thing now is just like mentally get over the fact, cause now that you know what's happening and you like, can like visualize like the bone on bone grinding when you feel it. And you're like, you're like, okay, this is the doctor told me that the next two months I can do this full bore. And because this has been happening for so long, this is going to make virtually no difference over the next two months. So you're fine. Yeah. Just get over it. And that's like, something that you kind of have to get over but um i've been training it took me probably like nine days to get back after the race to like proper training Mm -hmm. so lost a bit of time there and then we'll see what the recovery is like after boulder uh to see if i race again uh hopefully maine or something but yeah well hopefully next time we've got positive news that garrick had a great time at boulder and his hip magnificently healed because of the the water the altitude the altitude oxygenation effect of uh yeah. the deoxygenation pulled all of calcification yeah yes. so ossified Actually, ossified also is a thing people might not know what that means by the so way so basically it, it means it's turning into bone <laughs> so it's uh, supposed to be a nice smooth it's supposed to be a nice smooth kind of squishy type structure and it's like hard yeah um okay. you know what i need I was watching uh, European, the European, the soccer Euro Cup or whatever, whatever, whatever the trainer has in that water bottle for Italy that he just like pours on the players after they're like flopping on the ground like in agony. Oh, I need, no. I need to get that because that's like a miracle thing. I have some. Yeah. 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 I'll get it. For you. <laughs> wow. So moving on, um, what else is happening? Oh, we've got this weekend. We've got Lionel Sanders and Jan Farino going head to head on oh, yeah. pool on Zwift, and I don't know where they're running, but they're not on Zwift. You're? No, they're 
they're swimming. I'm pretty sure they're swimming in a lake and then they're biking. Uh, they're drafting the cars on the Autobahn and then uh, they're running down a mountain, I think. Really? I thought it was like, I guess that's just all the warm up. It's just sponsored by Zwift. That's why. Because I see them on the bike head to head looking at each other. Their, their marketing tactics are confusing. <laughs> it's almost like the Collins Cup again. Instead of putting on a pro series, and now Zwift is paying Jan and Lionel to do something outside. So, <laughs> okay. That's how they go. Um, oh, man. So, yeah, that's, that's happening this weekend. The tour is basically over. The Olympics are coming up. A lot of cool stuff happening. We got to see if we're going to get fuck off for points from Ecuador 7.3 because, yeah, obviously not getting points is the, the notion of the ocean. Yeah. Um, we're going to see if Kelsey's healed up enough to go race in Finland. I'm going to race Lake Placid next weekend. Flock is going to Switzerland the same day as Boulder to race the 70.3. Jackson might do the Collins Cup or Maine. Um, Leslie is down for Worlds. And then me, Leslie, Jackson are going to be doing Leslie's also doing Boulder. Yeah, oh, Leslie will also be doing Boulder. Boulder's going to be good. Um, so you can get some more points. And then we're going to do a small camp before 70.3 Worlds in St. George. All of, a lot of our Ecuadorian friends will be in St. George, so I have to make sure they're taken care of. Um, probably throw them a party, something. I don't even know, but maybe give them a pizza, I guess. <laughs> they got us. Yeah, they put me up for like two weeks and paid for everything. And uh, other things you can do if you want to help out, me in particular go to the collins cup and to the pto posts that they do about like who would your collins cup captains pick and then just put my name Chris on there about 40 times nick chase <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> and just comment on it that you want me in there and it probably makes no difference but it makes me feel good so that would be cool yeah if we could get all the support for jackson to get to the collins cup that'd be stellar and yeah. leslie on the american side yeah because I'll awesome would be, how awesome would it be if we had we don't have any europeans but so jack makes it for internationals and everybody spams them and nick gets in for um american and then they get, you guys and you guys go head to head they're oh like God. what's nick he's ranked 90 something let's put him in it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be last <laughs> honestly though there's guys like the problem with the Collins Cup is it's like it's such a short race, like it's less than a seventy point three. But there's guys that are like Ironman specialists that are going to be racing, and especially for Team USA, that are just not going to have a great day. Well, there's always people who don't have a good day, Garrick. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll be watching it, and hopefully, it's a really huge step forward for our sport. I'd say so. Um, yeah. By the time this episode comes out, you guys are probably going to know what happened with the points in the Ecuador. So watch out for my Instagram to be all either really angry or really happy. One of the two. Oh, and next guest. Um, I already have a book. It's going to be the owner and facilitator of all the Clash racing, Mr. Bill Christie. We're going to have him on. He's going to talk about Clash endurance, um, the speedway races that are really incredible for our for our notoriety within the sport to be able to have a broadcast with sponsors um so that's going to be an episode you want to tune into because this one was 
probably okay. Uh, the next one's going to be. <laughs> oh, we forgot one thing. We're going to do a training camp in St. George. Or not St. George, in Utah. When? Um, in the end of pretty much first couple weeks of September, leading into Worlds, Nick and I and Leslie and if Garrick, you want to come, you're fucking, you should. Um, we're yeah. going to train at Eagle Point. So Nick's got a sweet situation up there with a buddy who's awesome. He's going to let us stay there where we sleep up at 9,600 feet elevation, something like that. And uh, then we go down to Beaver to do most of our training at about 6,000 feet. So it's an awesome altitude camp and we're going to get real ready for worlds up there. Welcome to hang out with us. Meet us in Beaver. Beaver taco specifically. A good taco. You can do a swim in a 90 degree pool and just <laughs> have a good old time. So yeah, that's that's it. All right. That's wrapping up. That's pretty much catching up with everything. So thanks for tuning in. It was a quick episode, but that's how we like it. Quick and greasy. So greasy. Boys, until next time. Peace. Peace. Out. Out. guys thanks for tuning in for this episode this is garrick here just wanted to jump on real quick thank our patrons and let you know that this month we are giving away three pairs of custom magic five goggles to three different people um so if you are not a patron and you want to get on this deal go ahead click that link uh down in the show notes and you can become a patron it's pretty inexpensive and we really appreciate it, it goes a long way to helping us with the podcast uh, but yeah thanks for tuning in i apologize for the echo in this episode i tried real hard to get rid of it uh, on kind of in post here but i could not so that's that but until next time peace out i got ish to do flying through the sky in my parachute dancing on the couch like i'm tommy cruise on a one-man mission trying to see it through